Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Monday the 21st of June. I'm joined today by Leanne Time, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Leanne. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good, thanks, Peter. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, So, um, what story stood out for you in particular from today's edition of Watson's Daily? Yeah, so initially I was kind of in between two stories. But yeah. I settled on the story about the post-Brexit labour shortages. Okay. Um, yeah, and I basically found this super interesting because it kind of made me think of some of my own personal experiences as of late. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Currently planning my year abroad and yeah. searching for jobs in both Spain and have been doing so for a few months now. And right. Yeah, Brexit has caused some problems for me personally. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Finding some jobs, yeah, has yeah. proved problematic. So it was really interesting to see how, aside from my own personal labour shortages, let's say, um, mm. Brexit has caused, I guess, shortages a further afield. And um, yeah, something that stood out to me about the story um, was basically the fact that Brexit has a much wider effect and doesn't necessarily just relate kind of UK um, Europe relations um, mm. because the very fact that British Sugar um, supplies a US company, so Jazz Pharmaceuticals, yeah. for something like its ep- anti epilepsy drugs, I yeah. never really considered that factor. Um, mm. I guess that kind of final step, that further factor that if there are shortages in work and production, I guess kind of slows down um Mm. in the uk then that composes affects affects other places yeah exactly Exactly. yeah i mean i have to i have to say here um i did mention within this this uh story that the uh the agriculture director for british sugar um Mm -hmm. is called peter watson um (laughs) and i just want to say to all listeners out there that it's not me moonlighting uh in cannabis uh and that person is not related to me as far as i know um however clearly his parents have a great taste in names um and uh anyway yeah i mean i i think that um yeah it is very interesting isn't it i mean th- this is um obviously we're always thinking about that um uh, you know how it affects the uk versus europe rather than actually it's also affecting other places in you know other industries or um yeah other production uh outside you know outside the uk uh, and europe yeah no definitely and i think even that could speak to brexit more widely like even when people were voting I, i think no one really considered that it can affect the uk's kind of trade relations with other countries Mm. people were so keen for the um uk to establish kind of trade relationships and set up trade deals with i know the likes of australia as we saw last week and Mm. of course the us another big a big Mm. market so i think it's very interesting that again that's kind of very like i kind of internally focused view and not really considering kind of the wider implications that could have Mm. arisen yeah i mean i think that this is um uh 
you know, there's, there's, it seems to me that, that there's a bit of a snowball effect um, of going on at the moment of various industries in the UK saying we, we can't take advantage of the um, like growing momentum in the in the uh, in the economy mm-hmm. because actually we yeah, because because um, uh, we don't have the labor to actually meet the demand. And so it's like recently when we had um, oh, what's his name, the, the Michelle Rouge Jr. and stuff, you know, with his his. Um, uh, posh restaurants in uh, in London look like Gavroche. Uh, sorry, apologies for pronunciation there. Um, but uh, you know, he was saying that you know they were saying that they have to stop lunch service because um, because they don't have the staff to actually uh, to actually cover it. Um, and then you know, I mean, and and that's not the only thing. And then you've got um, you know Brexiteer in chief. Um, Tim, what's his name? The the chairman of <laughs> of um, of Weatherspoons. Yeah. Um, so, you know him, ironically, uh, saying, "Well, we need some sort of special visa because we don't have enough staff." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, all these all these kinds of things are are sort of, I guess, coming home to roost. And mm-hmm. I think the initial call is for um, the the is is the company saying that the law needs to change and we need to change the visas but you know i mean the and but the government at the moment is saying no no everything's fine and the whole idea was that we are supposed to be encouraging more people more natives to actually get these jobs rather than rely on people from outside the uk so that's what that's what pretty much i reckon that's what the the government is going to continue to argue but i would have thought that in many cases or sorry i would have thought that in some cases they will do some sort of you know they might do some sort of backdoor deal or Mm -hmm. uh, do some sort of exception um i mean i think that presumably british sugar given the fact that it is involved in medicinal cannabis as opposed to i don't know uh growing courgettes or something um <laughs> i think that um that they will they might suffer a bit you know they the maybe the government might be slightly less inclined um to help them be, just because of what they do but i mm-hmm. i don't know i mean but it'll then, be interesting to see i guess do you think that that kind of relationship with the u.s like the u.s is quite a big market and i guess mm. that relationship between uk u.s is like I, I'd say considered quite important by the UK government. So do you think yeah. that could be a driving factor in them then wanting to change, um, kind of change regulations, sorry, um, and like allow that um, kind of immigration to to re to recommence? It could do. It could do. I mean, but I, but I think that 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 um, you know both sides are, are probably concentrating more on um it seems obviously concentrating more on other things um um right right this right at this minute um but yeah i mean it it, we'll we'll just have to see i did think by the way last week that that whole uh, australia uk thing was very interesting from the fact of it really makes it a lot easier for brits to go and work in in australia because it's been notoriously difficult for a number of years to actually go over there and work whereas yeah. it feels like it's a lot easier for australians to work here yeah. than it is for us to go and work over there mm-hmm. um so um so yeah but uh but anyway interesting interesting times this is going to continue i would have thought that there will be 
exceptions made mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the government can't just stand around and watch whole industries die. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't just watch the agricultural industry or the maybe the hospitality industry just mm-hmm. just implode because yeah. they don't have anyone. Um, they're going to have to do something. But I think at the moment they will probably stick with the line. Well, you know, you've got to employ more Brits. Yeah, um, so that actually made me think of something, something that you mentioned earlier Yeah, uh, about yeah Tim Martin and spoons and stuff, because yeah. that kind of links to this other story that I was considering about the output rise um, yeah. and the kind of boom in the um, tourism, kind of hospitality in uh, industries. Mm. Um, and I guess there's kind of a connection between the two and how, again, like you said, Tim Martin was kind of calling for... Um, kind of a bit of changes or restrictions in that sense and so that, as you said the, the hospitality industry can't just be left to die so no. if changing immigration policy was a way to kind of save that and mm. allow that um i guess companies and the hospitality industry to kind of keep meeting the the demand or and and the kind of boom in the industry post lockdown restrictions easing perhaps mm. that could be another angle that would kind of push the government to change the restrictions could well do yeah could well do i mean you know it is part of all of this is all part of the the services industry and the services industry is responsible for around 80 percent of the uk's gdp so it is not some it is not insignificant yeah um and so something will need to be done about it Mm -hmm. um but like i say i think at the moment they'll just say well this is what we signed up you know this is what we you signed up for yeah so uh let's stick with it i reckon yeah, definitely oh thanks for that um no problem. so then i guess that's my story out the way what's the, <laughs> what your eye today well i thought you know i thought i'd pick something which i thought that you would pick uh being a <laughs> being a budding potential lawyer um and and that is all about how uh american uh uh, uh law firms are upping their salaries for um for junior lawyers quite considerably i mean we're talking i mean it says so this is this is an article from the daily telegraph which says that um so millbank is raising its salaries for newly qualified lawyers from a rather healthy uh one hundred and ninety thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars and then david polk and wardell um has now got a starting package of two hundred and two thousand five hundred pounds that's all right i mean (laughs) i think you can just about get by um on or you can scrape by on that maybe the odd domino's pizza here and there um but um but yeah i mean it's 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 very good i mean now uh, I, you know, I, I kind of joke about it, but I mean, obviously, people have to go through a lot uh, to get, you know, law school, then the qualification. Pro- I mean, the whole thing is not an easy process. However, it is clearly well paid by yeah. by the time you get to the end of it, if you go into those firms. But the interesting thing here is the fact that they've um, is that they are there is a war on uh, war for talent at the moment mm-hmm. um, at the junior end and. Um, uh, and so, yes, I, I mean, I think this is this is meaning that some of the British uh, Magic Circle law firms are having to increase their own uh, offerings. Um, 
I mean, it said here, what was it? So that Clifford Chance increased salaries for newly called um, to uh, from um, a mere uh, <laughs> £94,500 to £100,000. And Ashurst has gone from um a, a well frankly quite paltry uh eighty five thousand five hundred <laughs> to nine uh, to ninety thousand pounds so i mean it's it's very interesting i just wonder whether is this going to push um you know is this going to push up wages for juniors generally um or is it just you know is it is, is it just a, a kind of one-off um uh, uh you know package at the moment i mean one of the reasons why i wanted to mm. talk about this is to not only to talk about it in terms of um, you know what effects this might have on the wages generally of people involved uh, workers in professional services because um, uh, there's a lot of shortages in in accountancy and and, and stuff like that as well um, but it's more of a case of uh, as to sound as a warning to anyone listening to this um, you know I uh, also as an I mean obviously I was I was um, a stockbroker for a very long time but also spent a number of years as, as a headhunter I've interviewed many um, junior lawyers or newly qualified uh, lawyers and um, you know wages like that do not come without conditions um, and if you are going to get paid those kinds of sums uh, the expectations uh, are also quite high in t- so um, I would I would just guess that if you're getting paid 200 grand um, a year uh, 200 grand, uh, sorry, $200,000 a year, um, you're not going to be working nine to five, mm-hmm. packing away your, your laptop at uh, maybe four, th- four o'clock on a Friday and then um, skipping home. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after, after that, it, you are going to be working all the hours, I would have thought. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, what's, your, what's your reaction to that? Because you, you're, you're not... You're not materialistic, are you? You're <laughs> more of an idealist, I think. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, the $200,000 thing, um, kind of, as you say, I'm kind of aware of that fact that the higher the, the higher the, um, yeah, the higher the salary, the kind of, like, more of your soul that you're selling to your firm. So I felt <laughs> like <laughs> I kind of wanted to, me personally, my opinion is, what is the point of having all this money if I have no time to spend it anyway? If I'm yeah. going to be living off the office delivery room um, allowance and like not going to be able to, I don't know, spend time with my family, etc. So for mm. me, these big flashy kind of salaries and like starting packages isn't what I look for when I look for firms that I want to apply to. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting, especially like thinking about the fact that um, how, how the firms tend to, like kind of not copy each other but it it seems to come in waves like I remember during lockdown last year when um loads of firms started dropping their their starting salaries Mm -hmm. interesting to see at what point uh, back up so from that point Mm. of view I think it's interesting it's kind of the kind of point um I guess lockdown restrictions easing kind of everyone kind of moving the initial shock of lockdown coronavirus ah like everyone's kind of settling back into a normal Mm. um routine in in a sense Mm. but yeah like i said for me um the 200k yeah no i don't want to live in this (laughs) yeah i mean i don't blame you i mean i um again just just uh, for full disclosure i mean i i did law and japanese at university 
many eons ago when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth. And at that point, um, you know, actually a lot of my um, friends on, on the course, um, they did go off into legal careers. I mean, I, I actually was going to, you know, I was scheduled to do uh, an LPC um, and I was going to go off and do that. But actually fate took a hand and, you know, I got a different job. I thought, well, I'll just do that for a bit, get some money together and I'll do the LPC a bit later but then, then something else happened, and then I got this chance to go in the city, and then I basically, um, uh, you know, was a stockbroker for thirteen years. Um, but <laughs> the point of all the point of all that is that um, a lot of my friends have said, and they've gone on to be partners and all sorts of things uh, of, of of big law firms. Um, they they have said that actually, if you can early on in your career go to a big, well known firm it actually sets you up for the rest of your career, either if you continue within that firm or, you know, you can go to different firms because um, it seems certain firms like certain types of people from other firms, like similar firms. Um, So it can kind of set you up um, from that perspective. Um, And it's always a very good calling card to have. So, Although, and you know, I when I when I've interviewed people, a lot of people have said that actually, um, uh, you know, they they are going into a, a, a specific kind of firm because they think it will be good for them. They will learn a lot from it, and then you know, if they feel that it really is a, a nightmare in terms of balance, then they can go somewhere else. Uh, because mm. once you once you qualified, I mean, there's definitely a lot of options, and more options become available because because I think uh, initially, when you come from academia or something, uh, you know, or law school, you ha- tend to have people. I I find anyway, t- people ha- tend to have a very narrow idea of what they can do. But actually, there's a lot. There are lots of different paths, and that you can follow. And some of them, you really can have it all. You know, you can have really good. I mean, it might not be top top, but it's pretty pretty good. Um, and you can have a good. Um, uh, you know, you can have a good work life balance, and you can do stuff that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, I mean that's that's uh, that's all I would say on that, I guess. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Any any other thoughts? um yeah no not really I guess also kind of another thing is I know that kind of US firms are kind of have the reputation of um yeah these kind of big salaries and etc etc like big reputation but Mm. I feel like there's also a lot I guess opportunities in Europe and well for me personally as I said I study Spanish and French and like I think even looking to my legal career like something like oh, a firm with offices in Spanish-speaking places, French-speaking places would come on my list of priorities above kind of um, Mm. big salary. And I'd like, I'd rather have a a firm be able to, like you said, kind of give me opportunities and like, I don't know, travel and kind of open doors that way than Mm. a big 200K and not much else, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there you go. So there we go. End, ending on a philosophical note today uh, about work-life balance. Uh, money is important, um, and uh, you know that all that kind of stuff. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll stop there for today. But um, I will say I'm actually going to do something unprecedented, um, which is to actually recommend something else um, because um, uh, 
the Telegraph. So I, by the way, full disclosure, I have no financial affiliation or any affiliation of any kind, the Daily Telegraph. However, um, they are starting a stock picking competition today. And I think that if any of you out there are listening to this and you want to improve, you're listening to this in order to improve your commercial awareness, I thoroughly recommend doing this competition. And the reason why I recommend it is because um, it, what it does is it, it basically gives you some virtual money. You then have to invest it in, I think, FTSE 100 and, and plus a load of others, because I think they've expanded it this time. And um, you will appear, your performance appears on a leaderboard. Um, yeah, it's, called, it's a constant thing. I think they have weekly winners and things as well. Um, but also, you, if you win at the end of, if you're top at the end of the competition, you win five grand. Now, the reason why I think that that is really excellent is because unlike, say, going on something like eToro or Trading212 or whatever, um, you will... Um, uh, you, 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 you're not going to be pushed to use real money. It's not like that because that's the problem with those other ones. What they do is you, you, you do quite well and they go, hey, yeah, you're really good. Oh, you should put just, this is how much money you could have made, um, you know, and all this kind of thing. And that is a bit of a slippery slope, I would say. However, I recommend doing this particular competition because it's not like that. You can win some money if you do really well, but I think the 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 way that it's set up is really good, and what it does is it really concentrates your mind. It's a bit like so. I'm not a betting. I'm funnily enough, I am not a gambling man, um, and I remember for work I had to go to horse racing like Ascot um, to take clients there, and I just personally don't find horse racing interesting. Like I don't think it's. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe controversial. I don't think it's right, uh, particularly um, that you should flog horses going round, going round in circles. Um, uh, but you know, but people do it, um, so and people seem to find that enjoyable. Um, and I was watching it, thinking, my God, you know, I really, I really am not that interested in it. Although, actually, funnily enough, there were uh, people from The Apprentice were in the next box, but that, that, but even then, I don't really watch that either. So that was lost on me as well. But anyway. I put some money on the horse uh, on on the horses because I just thought I just want to make this more interesting and it is suddenly um more interesting if you're putting money on it because it concentrates the mind it makes you really think about what you're doing and it does give you a different perspective so anyway I'm not advocating gambling or anything like that <laughs> uh, but what I am advocating is that actually this is quite a fun way um, to concentrate your mind, to really make you think about what you're what you're doing, what you're investing in, and the uh, cherry on the top of that is that um, you know if if you do well at it, you can actually win something. So you know everyone's a winner, as they say. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll shut up now. I'll leave it there. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, thank you very much indeed, Leanne, um, for your time today. Thank um, you. And, uh, and we will be back. So Leanne and I will be back tomorrow. We'll be chatting more about this kind of stuff. And I'll leave you there. But thank you very much indeed. Thank, thank you. Speak to you tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Bye.